hello, hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Ekstrom, alongside Lincoln Powell, Luke Mullen. Luke, how's it going? Another high school week of basketball is over. Yeah, I mean, it's it's feeling like spring weather. I'm sure, yeah. you know, the, the baseball team, soccer teams, they're ready to get out there and get practice, and they're saying, hey, when's... When's our season? Less than a month away. I mean, yeah. Oscar baseball starts here in about yeah. nine days. And, yeah, baseball season's going to be fun. Outside's getting a little nicer. You're breaking out the shorts today. Indeed. <laughs> it's not like we got any state championships coming up soon. No. Swim and dive and, and wrestling on the way in, in the next couple of weeks as well. Wrestling's already next week. Yeah. Then what? Swimming after that? Then it's basketball. Basketball, yep. It's getting intense here it's in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, certainly is. Well... We did have plenty of action in high school basketball over last week. And, Luke, let's get right into it. Last week's review, we're starting in girls Class A. And, Luke, that might uh, top the podium for the most dramatic week uh, of the week. And uh, part of that, a lot of top matchups. Millard South de- uh, dispatched of Omaha Central 56-45. And then Lincoln High upsets Fremont 68-64. The Lynx announced themselves they're number two, according to Clark Grell's new ratings. Yeah, and we've seen, you know, we've, we've talked about it for a couple weeks, just kind of that Millard South, Fremont, you know, Central there at the top um, has really been the case really for the last couple weeks now. And I think that Central game was very close in the first half. Millard South kind of pulled away in the second, too. So, you know, not, not anything to take away from Central's performance. They're still definitely up there. But Lincoln High, I mean, man, they've just been – pushing it all year long, just kind of climbing up those ranks. And that is definitely as much of a statement win as it gets. To beat Fremont, you know, a team that's been there playing for the the Class A championship each of these last couple seasons um, is just incredible. And you look at that Lincoln High team, and you, you look at their schedule as a whole, I mean, a little disappointing loss to Lincoln East by just two points earlier in the year. And they're a pretty high-scoring game against Millard South. I yeah. mean, there, there, there's nothing in the regular season schedule to take away from them being there at at the top of a Class A list as state tournament contender, and they've just proved that I think through a through all the last couple of weeks they've put in some really really strong performances. Yeah, most certainly. And then even in the city, Lincoln Southwest had a big week, uh, but Miller North beats them 48-34 to move into the top five. And Lincoln East, again, one of the hottest teams in Class A right now. Another top ten win over Lincoln Pius X and Bellevue West. Yeah, and I got to see that Pius game up close and personal. And, man, you know, they're they're playing great spirited team basketball, at least from that game that I saw, and beating Bellevue West the next day. Obviously that, that East team is kind of known for their press, you know, defensive pressure. A lot of new players from last year, but I was really impressed with the way that they moved the ball and kind of attacked in unison against Pius. Obviously, kind of consistency and that overall scoring effort, I think, has been the challenge for them so far. But when they're in those low-scoring games where where defense makes the difference, obviously that's that's what makes them dangerous. Don't know if I want to play Lincoln East right now, and we're approaching <laughs> the postseason, so the stakes are going to be high. Not as much happening in Class B, but a couple of big results. Uh, Norris, they did lose the number one Omaha Scott, but it was fifty three to forty seven, and then number eight Beatrice with a win over Wahoo forty one thirty eight. And Luke to that Norris game again. I think we talked about it, saying this was a game to test Norris and see where they're at, 
they only lost by six. Yeah, and got to watch some of that. You know, uh, got to shout out the the Norris streaming team. They have some of the best streams around. So there's a big game down in Norris. You can always just uh, pop on over to YouTube and check that out. And I did. I mean, it was back and forth the whole first half, and really only Scott pulled away in the second. And I think really, you know, it's it's a case of the Skyhawks three point shooting is kind of what sets them apart from some of those other teams there in, in Class B and really anywhere in the state. And Norris, they have a ton of length. They did a great job defending that in the first half. But Scott just so talented, they they find a lot of ways to score and win. Things are becoming a little interesting in Class B. I still think Scott and Elkhorn North are there at the top, but Norris is not as far as behind as we originally thought, which could make for some very interesting state championship tournament basketball. In C1, we have a new number one, Grand Island Central Catholic, who's been rolling most of the year. They are finally at the top of Clark Girls' ratings. And we've we've had pretty much the same number ones for quite a few weeks now. Yeah. I've, you know, I've looking to shake it up a little bit you know get some new teams in here so grand island central catholic i mean man they have a ton of talent obviously we've spoken both boys and girls they they play such a difficult schedule so you know they picked up some of those losses early on but they've been doing great and you know when you compare their head-to-head record which is what uh clark does for the ratings obviously they have that head-to-head win over north bend central makes a huge difference there at the top you know that team that they're competing with and they, you know, they pick up a loss too, which kind of drops them down a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, part of the reason why GICC is up that one spot is because North Bend Central did lose to Oakland Craig um, in the East Husker tournament, and obviously GICC has that head-to-head win. Uh, but then later this week, you have Lincoln Lutheran plays Hastings Saint Cecilia, or actually that happened last week. Excuse me, uh, Hawkett still won though, thirty-nine thirty-four, and that was a pretty highly rated matchup as well. Definitely, and a little bit more offense, uh, you know, than their first meeting in the conference tournament. So, you know, you, you look at that C1 top five, and obviously it's it's still just as good, you know, even with GICC there at the top, Wahoo picking up a couple losses. Yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, going to be a, a dogfight throughout the, the entire postseason there in C1. Something about C1, man. Yeah. I mean, you got both basketball, football was crazy. Might be my favorite class, I'm really honest. Really crazy. In C2, and then Oakland, Craig, obviously we mentioned them before, three ranked wins during the East Husker Tournament. Huge results there. And Hastings St. Cecilia still first in Bridgeport, right behind at second. Yeah, and Oakland, Craig, you know, some of those same athletes who won the volleyball state championship doing a great job there on the girls' basketball team. And Bridgeport, I I believe, is well picking up a, a pretty low-scoring win last night with uh, the Loomis Godels out due to COVID protocol, illness, obviously anything going around at this time of year. So just goes to show their their overall team depth to to pick up that win anyway. Yeah, most certainly. That's all what happened in girls action and moving on to boys in class A. Luke, we'll start where you were at. The Battle of A Street, Lincoln Pius X, who's been on a roll lately, defeating Lincoln East sixty one fifty five. What'd you see when you were there? Well, first of all, I sweated because it was hot. It was packed in that gym. I mean, it was it was pretty much, I would say, the, the best environment I've seen throughout this boys' basketball regular season. And both those teams, you know, obviously the rivalry game, you know, it kind of stirs up some of those emotions and definitely brought out the best. Um, really a, a well-played basketball game. East, East did a great job. Uh, just had one rough quarter, and that's something that Pius has been on 
kind of the losing end of earlier uh, this season. But definitely, you you said it right there. They're they're starting to pick up some steam, and you know I'd been waiting for it a little bit earlier in the year, but I think really now you have the Hostrider brothers, Brady Christensen, Jared Boyer. You know all these seniors, these guys who know it's it's their last ride. Obviously, you got that out of the rivalry game. Only a few regular season games left, and obviously all these guys are so capable of playing high-level basketball. They did it throughout that game, and, and that's what brought them the victory. Ever since they were upset by the 5-13 and 13 Lincoln High Lynx, they've won seven out of their last eight, with their only loss being a five-point uh, loss to Omas Scott, who's number one in Class B. And they were very close. They were leading in the, in the first half of that game as well. Tells you where Lincoln Pius X is headed. Uh, but it wasn't a great day, great weekend to be a city school. The Metro with big wins. Miller North beats Southwest. Creighton Prep beats Northeast. And Bellevue West just completely rolls over Lincoln East. Yeah, and I was uh, super excited to try to run around and get a couple no. of those games in. And it, it proved off to, to be a pretty good decision, I think, because got to see that Southwest-Miller-North game. And I've seen Miller-North a couple times this year, Northeast and, and Bell West. But really, I think that, that Southwest team played them the hardest defensively I've seen in, in any of those games. And I think a large degree is officiating, you know, is a, yeah. a very physical game. You know, they let it play. Obviously, that stuff is, is going to vary game to game. But, man, I mean... You look at the athletes that Miller North has, and Southwest just has the same caliber of athletes, a little more inconsistent, I think, scoring and, you know, getting that team basketball flowing. But they had it at times. They're making tough buckets, and Miller North just comes up with some clutch plays. Uh, A Jason Green block with about 20 seconds left uh, was the big one there. You know, made their free throws as, you know, you'd uh, expect kind of a, a veteran team to do. Could have been a huge win for Southwest. They've been very close, and that that prep Northeast game wasn't wasn't a blowout either. Northeast kept it very close. Prep just pulling away there at the end of the fourth quarter uh, would have been a, another big win for Northeast yeah. to kind of you know evaluate itself against another yeah. state tournament team. They've been a little lacking, at, you know, in some of those huge games. But East it was always going to be a challenge. I mean, so drained after that loss, you get you get Bellevue West, and yeah. we've spoken about it a couple times. It's just ridiculous that they bring, you know, four or five guys off the bench, they come at you 100%, and then they'll do it again in a couple yeah. minutes. It's it's just an incredible challenge for any team. Yeah, the guys who are coming off the bench for Bellevue West would start pretty much oh, anywhere, anywhere yeah. else. So tells you the depth that the Thunderbirds do have. Uh, but then we do have our upset of the week in Class A, and that was Oman North spoiling um, Gretna. Who's rated number five, sixty-three, fifty-eight? Uh, they are been—they've been the heartthrobs, I guess, of Class A so far this season, and they drop one by five. Omaha North—they've been just, I think, a really consistent team. You know, kind of playing at their level all year. You know, the question is, can you get those wins slightly above your level? You know, can you have those those great moments? And I was actually looking for it in the game before that against Papio South. You know, a, a team who I was like, oh, you know, they're both kind of same level. Same record, wild card points, whatever you want to put on it. And Papio South comes away with a win by a couple points. Well, they come back and, you know, they, they beat a top five team who's just been picking up steam all year long. So North, they're a, they're a team that has potential. You can, you got to watch out for a team like that in districts for sure. Yeah, looking through their schedule, that was the second time they beat Gretna, by the way. They beat them in the second game of the season, the OPS Jamboree. 
But their losses, Omaha Central, Omaha West Side, they lost Omaha Central again, Papillion La Vista, Millard West, Bell West, and Papio South. So there's really only like one real bad loss, and that's Millard West, who's 7-11. and 11. Uh, But Papio's 500. So, I mean, none of those losses are awful by any means. So, yeah, Luke, like you mentioned, it's about they're beating who they should. They're just not coming away with those victories against the top teams. Um, so, yeah, I think they're certainly dangerous when it comes to district play. Definitely. And when you play that kind of Metro Conference schedule, you know, you look at a team like Millard West, too, and obviously the 7-11 the and 11 record doesn't just pop off the page. But, I mean, they have athletes all over yeah. the court. That's a team that was just at the state tournament, uh, I believe, last year or, or two years ago. So anything can happen. Obviously, they've, you know, they've uh, battled it out over the course of the season. The record is what it is, but still some team – Still some teams that can surprise you a little yeah. bit. In Class B, number one Omaha's gut just is destroying the competition at this point. Beat number three Bennington by 30, 68-38. And the number two Omaha Roncalli uh, confirms the order of the top three with a 52-44 win over Bennington um, as well. So rough rough weekend for the Badgers. Yeah, well, speaking of Bennington, this Scott basketball reminds me a little bit of the Bennington football yeah. team that – they just kept blowing out teams, and we were waiting, you know, for for somebody to play them really close, and it didn't happen. You know, they just won state. So, you know, the Scud team, they could have that that same type of run. Obviously, they they have all the talent, they have all the pieces. They've been by by far and large the most consistent team, and you know, a sixty eight thirty eight win over the number three team is is pretty ridiculous. Oh just showing the gap that's there. Yeah. Ooh. In C1, we're starting to solidify the top four, question mark. Uh, number one, Ashland Greenwood, and number two, Carney Catholic. They have one loss each, each coming in December. Number three, Auburn won the ECNC Conference title, 28-21 win over Freeman. And then Wayne, who's at number four, won their conference, the Mid-State Conference title. So, Luke, you're seeing there kind of that top four starting to solidify themselves in C1. Absolutely, and really nothing separating Ashland and Kearney. It's just the way the, the ratings have, you know, falled, the way that they set up, I guess, over the last few weeks. But either of those two teams could easily be the the state tournament favorite right there. And Auburn, you know, you look at that 28-21 football score and you say, man, they're getting ready for state, yeah. you know, <laughs> grinding out those wins, getting those tough buckets, uh, you know, defensive battles, obviously swinging around the perimeter. You know how it goes. Hey, they've won three in a row. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's anything stopping four, uh, but definitely Wayne, they, they had a great week. And you look at the teams that they jumped to, Wahoo and Concordia, uh, who just picked up, you know, one loss here or there, really haven't done a whole lot to to push them down. There are the top seven teams in, in C1, all two losses or fewer. Yeah. And then in C2, number one and two still stays the same, mostly because number one, Humphrey and Lindsay Oli family beat number two, House Dodge, 54-38. Uh, but then it kind of gets a little murky. Norfolk Catholic, GICC, Dauphin Trumbull, and Hardington Cedar Catholic, all very solid teams. And they're kind of at that same level trying to battle it out who wants to be the top of that list. Just week to week, it, it changes quite a bit, you know, depending on your, your recent results. And we've gotten a chance to see a few of those head-to-head matchups, Donovan uh, against GICC and uh, a, a couple others as well. So, you know, you see each other once, see each other again at state. Obviously, that'll that's for the ultimate bragging rights. You know, there's there's no disputing that, but... 
as it stands, it's it's really difficult to to pick apart those teams. Yeah. Freeman is number three, by the way, and they're still a really good team as well. And then Hastings St. Cecilia, who's been kind of on a rough stretch as of late. They drop out of the rankings after being there most of, if not the whole season. Yeah. And, I mean, goes to show a little bit, I think, the strength, obviously, of, of the class in its entirety. They have a, a 15-6, and 6 team that, you know, just pulled off a top five win, yeah. you know, drops out. But lost to Carney Catholic, you know, totally understandable. Lost to Adam Central, lost to Lincoln Lutheran. Those are two teams just at or below 500. So if you're going to be a, a state tournament, you know, top 10 team, you need to pick up those wins. Well, they got a big chance. They play GICC again this week. If you know, maybe that's their their lucky charm. You know, just beat GICC and just you know get get the season back on track, guys. <laughs> there you have it. That's all what happened last week. Plenty of action, and there's plenty more to come. We'll talk about that later. But first, what was new today? Schedules for football next year was announced and released by the NSAA. Luke, I mean, you start to look at those a little bit. What was catching your eye? Well, definitely, I think just for a Lincoln perspective, I think there was more city matchups in this two-year scheduling cycle than it was a year ago. Obviously, some of that comes down to districts. Um, You know, a lot of different reasons go into it, but really excited to see, I think, the amount of city matchups. Lincoln East, the most, they've got five, five of the city teams, and all at the same time, I kind of like it. Week two... Uh, Lincoln Southeast, Week Three Southwest, and Week Four Northeast. Ooh. So just you know, just get that city tour right out of the way. You know, a couple matchups and come back Week Seven and Eight for Lincoln High and North Star. So yeah, that that Lincoln East schedule is looking uh, a little tough as well. They have at Millard South and at Gretna as two of their road games. Obviously, going to have to replace No Walters. You know, that's going to be the the big question for them. And it was also really interesting. You know, just diving off uh, from the Class A teams for a second, you know, Pius playing the the Class B schedule again. I think they're going to be very successful. They're going to be a a great contender there at the Class B level, you know, rather than missing the playoffs in Class A as they have. But at the same time, you know, it it does sting a little bit, you know, knowing how much it means to, you know, beat some of these Lincoln teams. And then you look at their schedule and they host Scott's Bluff. At Seward, Hastings, Bennington, Crete, Scott, Waverly, Beatrice, and Norris. And, you know, obviously a, a few historical teams that, you know, I'm sure they're excited to see back on the schedule again, but wish they could have, you know, snuck in a, a Lincoln game there, perhaps if, if any of those teams needed a crossover game, but just didn't work out that way. And really like as well the Southeast Southwest rivalry set for week six uh, for the next two seasons. Really good time in the year, you yeah. know. When you expect those teams to be at a pretty good strength and looking for a big win. Yeah, that's about uh, what week? I'm trying to guess here. Beginning of October? That's where yep, it's around? end of September, beginning yeah. of October. That's yep. good. That's where I think that's where kind of the final stretch of where is everyone at. And that is really good timing, week six. So, yeah, make sure to go check out all of those ratings on NSAA.com. they got the next two years uh, scheduled out. Taking a look at my Carney Bearcats, and they have a little, t- little tough schedule. They got Lincoln East, but then they got they're at Bell West. They got Omaha West Side. <laughs> Thought it's a little tough. <laughs> it's a rough stretch. Hey, I have confidence in Brandon Cool over there, Carney and the Bearcats there. But 
We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the Class A districts. We can start to point out the map of where things are going to go when district time finally comes around. And then we look ahead to plenty of action that's coming up this week. That's all that and more up next on the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Prep Extra Podcast. We are analyzing Class A districts. It's not official. Seedings are as of February 9th, but we do want to take a look at and kind of paint a road to where things are going to go once district time does come around here in a couple of weeks. Now, look, we're going to go run down uh, every district. We're going to take a look at two districts specifically, but I'm going to name the top seeds in each district from one to seven. So you got Miller South, Fremont, Lincoln High, Omaha Central, Miller North, Lincoln Pius, and Lincoln Southwest. A lot of strong teams, and three of them are Lincoln, by the way. Great to point out. Uh, but let's start with – we each can talk about one district. Let's start with your pick. What do you like? Well, I, first of all, I really like that Lincoln High is the number three team in, yeah. in wild card points right now. I have to imagine a, a couple of weeks ago is probably more like six or seven, you know, maybe even eight really on the edge that that big win over Fremont obviously pushed them up quite a lot but I really like the A4 subdistrict right now as it stands you got Omaha Central as the host and Lincoln East there as as the number 2 seeded team Omaha Benson and Elkhorn South as well I think that Benson team has had some flashes you know you never know in these subdistricts you can you can just get hot I mean all it takes yeah. is is two games really to to make a season out of it but I really like for Lincoln East because that's an Omaha Central team whose strength is scoring the ball, you know, who really needs to push the pace and and uh, keep it going, you know, ensure that they get those three-point opportunities in transition as well. Lincoln East, you know, if they play a tough defensive game, that's their path to the state tournament right there. Yeah, that's an interesting district, especially those top two, because like you said, Lincoln East, one of the hottest teams in the state right now. If they continue to put that, there might be an upset brewing. You never know. Uh, one that I like is A6, and you have Lincoln Pius X at the top, followed by Bellevue West, Columbus, and then Lincoln Southeast, two Lincoln schools in there. But specifically the top two there between Pius X and Bellevue West, they did play near the beginning of the year, and it was Bellevue West winning by three. And Luke, were you at that game, I believe? Last second yeah. uh, three-pointer, I think, with... Five seconds left for for Bell West to win it. Yeah, it would, might have been overtime as well. It was a really dramatic, hard fought game. Yeah, I, I mean, if that ends up being the district final, that one could be a war. Oh yeah, those two. a lot of talent, forwards, guards. You know, just all over the floor, and and especially I think that that Bellevue West team they can score the ball, and Pius. You know, usually their their bread and butter slowing it down a little bit. So a little bit of that same dynamic as the other one. Uh, when it comes to those district final, you know, kind of playing games for the state tournament, sometimes that defense is is what wins. Yeah, there you go again. Not official. We're just taking a peek at what it and is. And I'm sure right it will now. it will change entirely. Yep. There'll be three new district hosts. You know, <laughs> none of the matchups will be exactly what they were, but really fun just to think about it. Yeah. You know, a couple weeks away. Now, let's go on to boys, and it's certainly as good of a slate uh, as of right now. Let's go through the number one seeds, the host 
districts. Miller North, Bellevue West, Omaha West Side, Omaha Central, Creighton Prep, Lincoln Northeast, and Gretna. I don't really think there's many uh, shocks there in terms of the hosts. But, Luke, which one looks good to you? Well, first thing that stands out to me is just kind of the quality of the top 16 overall. You know, you look at those top two seeds, and usually you think they get a little bit easier, you know, draw things in in terms of the seeding. Well, Bellevue West, they could play either Omaha North or Millard West there in the district final. And top seed Millard North looking at either Kearney or Papio, two teams that have really been on the edge of the top 10 the whole season. But Obviously, on the other end of things, that 7th district is pretty much always the toughest. You get that 7-8 matchup, and man, it's even deeper than that this year. You got Gretna uh, projected to host Lincoln Pius the 10th as the number two team in the district, and then Grand Island and North Star there in the 3-4 matchup. I mean, you're talking about pretty much the best player in the state, yeah. Isaac Trout. A North, a North Star team that has a ton of athleticism. On any given, you know, shooting night, they could pull it off. Pius has been hot. Gretna's had a great year. And it would be really brutal, I think, you know, if if one of those other district hosts gets knocked off and then Gretna or Pius could be really ruining how, how difficult that district matchup was. Yeah, I mean, that might be the toughest. It probably is the toughest district. Yeah. Even, gosh, <laughs> When you just look at A6 with Lincoln Northeast, Lincoln Northeast, Papio South, Omaha South, and Omaha Bryan, that's a way – that's easier district, obviously. But, like, man, because even Grand Island at the third seed, Isaac Trout can yeah. put a 40 and knock you out. I mean, he, he did it against Lincoln Northeast just last week or a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, Lincoln North Star, Brennan Clemens Jr., who I really like, and that team is just young, and they're just starting to get to the field of the game, and I think they're going to be better next year. But – I mean, yeah, that's a stacked uh, district right there. And then the one I even like, too, is A5. Creighton Prep, Lincoln Southwest, Millard South, Fremont. Fremont down there at the four seed. But even Millard South, they've been a little up and down. But Southwest and Prep, I mean, I think arguably both teams deserve to possibly get a spot at state. For sure. You know, two two teams that I think have been a little inconsistent, you know, maybe could have done a little bit more to – you know, increase their wild card points, but they're in a five ten matchup. I mean, what more can you ask for than two teams just gonna go at each other and and lay it all out there? Obviously, a lot of talent, and I think that Southwest team could be a good matchup for them. But prep plays tough. I mean, I I think they dropped about ninety on Burke a couple of days ago. Obviously, Burke not gonna be at the state tournament, but they have those those moments. You know, those flashes of brilliance. And definitely that Millard South team, you know, you got Gage Stanger. They're kind of in a point guard role. Obviously, he's a playmaker. I think they got a few more out there on the court as well. This isn't the most talented Creighton Prep team we've seen, but they're still, like, very solid. And they're always this way. They're very solid. They're disciplined. They can shoot. Um, and you've seen them play a couple times. Would you agree kind of with that? Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah I think I think this Prep team in particular, um, really good forward play. Just a question if the three-pointers are going to be there on a consistent basis. Uh, Rishel, he he's had a few big games this year. Uh, Martel Evans, great guard as well. Luke Junger's down there in the post. When all those guys are on, obviously that, that leads to the high-scoring nights, but the three-point shooting, that's going to be the key. Well, those that's an early look at the districts. Again, we still have a couple of weeks. Most teams end their season around that state wrestling weekend, so that's two weeks away. So still plenty to be decided, but we can really start to see where things are going to go. Again, 
we'll up, we'll update it next week and we'll take a look. We'll take, we'll take a peek and see where things are at uh, after that. But looking ahead, we do have some very enticing matchups. We're going to start in girls basketball. Lincoln Northeast will be challenged. They're at number one Millard South, and on Thursday they host number seven Bellevue East. Or excuse me, number one Millard South on Thursday. Then they host Bellevue East on Saturday, who's number seven. That's a rough week, too. Reminds me a little bit of that Lincoln High week that they had a, a couple weeks ago playing Pius and uh, was it Fremont or no, it wasn't Fremont. It was uh, maybe it was Millard. No, it was Millard South. Yeah. 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 So obviously the I think the same challenge is out there. Just be competitive in both of them. You know, see if you can come away with a win. Obviously that Bellevue East matchup is going to be a little bit more winnable, I think, than going on the road to Millard South and expecting a win. But that Lincoln Northeast team, they have some talent. Now is really the time to to get ramped up for that postseason run. One of those wins, or, or at least playing it close, is what you're looking for. They've won their last five, but three out of their last four games are against top ten teams, Millard South, Bellevue East. Then they face Norfolk, and then they're at Fremont to finish the season. So... Uh, then you have number six Southwest is at number nine Lincoln East on Friday. Uh, that's that's a big in city matchup too, and that's a game I think that I kind of see playing out in like the forty ish point range. Yeah. You know, you just get those those two teams in the gym together, and you know it's going to be close. You know, it's kind of go down to the wire a little bit. And you know, Southwest they had that huge week. You know, pick up a loss. Obviously, you can get right back to you know that level you were at, but you need to pick up a win here. If if it's an East win, you know that's just more momentum for them. So either way, I think one of those teams is is coming out looking really good, and you know it's not a, a huge deal to drop it. Obviously, the district's coming up. You know that's what it all matters for. But you really want that at, at this point in the year, just to give yourself that little extra confidence. Most certainly, and in the lower classes, Norris. Rematch with Elkhorn North. They got um, Scott this last week, and now they get Elkhorn North on Friday. And then it's number one in C1 versus number two in C2. Hastings St. Cecilia plays GICC on Thursday. Huge matchups uh, in both of those. Obviously, uh, state final rematch there in Class B. They they did it earlier in the EMC as well. Uh, so going to be interesting to see if, if Norris can make any adjustments from that first loss. And then Hastings, St. Cecilia, and GICC, obviously not going to play for a, a state tournament against each other. They're in different classes, but that gives you a great preview at you know potential state final matchup. What that would look like? Yeah, not as not as much depth this week in the girls' side of things, but there's plenty of high end games: Northeast, Middle South, and that lower a C class. And yeah, that'll be good. That'll be really interesting. Because that does give them a preview for state tournament time and what those later rounds will certainly bring. And in the boys, and just like what the girls are playing, it's East-Southwest on Friday. And that one, again, that's a big indicator of uh, district seating. Oh, it's huge. I've I've kind of been banging the drum for East uh, all year. I just think they're a really talented team that can get it going at moments. And it's the same thing for Southwest. I mean... There could not be a, a bigger game at this point in the year for, for two teams that really need a win for their district seeding. You know, obviously you look at Southwest, they're at 10 right now, East they're at 12, and I don't know, you know, if there's a path to hosting for Southwest. I'm sure it'd be pretty difficult, but 
obviously a lot can happen. You can get bumped down is is really more, I think, the risk now than than moving up a, a little bit. So both those teams, if they want to make state, if they want to make a run in districts, huge, huge game for sure. Lincoln East is a little out there. They're at 43.7. Uh, Gretna, who's the seventh seed host, is at 44.8. Southwest is at 44.0. So while it's still a big game for both, it seems like if Southwest wins, they have a better chance of catching Gretna yeah, than and, Lincoln East. And looking at the remaining games for Southwest, too, Omaha Northwest, who's going to be a, a Tier 4 win, not worth that much. Lincoln High, Tier 3 and then Papio, which would be a Tier 2, uh, just like Lincoln East. So really got to pick up, I think, those, need those two Tier 2 wins. Yeah. yeah. I, I I think it's if you want to host, mm-hmm. those are must. You have to go undefeated the rest of yeah. the year. So that is the goal for them. Uh, but then a big matchup in the Metro. Number 4, Omaha Central, against number 1, Omaha Westside on Friday. And then that follows up with number 8, Lincoln Pius X, at number 3, Miller North, on Saturday. I think that Westside Central matchup is a game that Westside would have been looking forward to for a little while now, just because that that Central team has has kind of been one of the best OPS teams. You know, they've they've been so consistent, and this is a Westside team that you know this year it's been their year, and yeah. obviously they they've proved it. You know, during the Metro Conference tournament, that was a a huge run with wins over Miller North and Bell West, but I'm sure they're looking to kind of complete the OPS tour, uh, really kind of stamp their their name all over the city. And Central, it's a it's a huge game for them too to see if they can kind of build up their their state tournament pedigree. Obviously, they they're in there in the mix, top five team. They can score, they can go on runs, but this West Side team has been just scoring at a rate nobody can match. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a big game because they they won't since the Metro winning the Metro Conference. They haven't really been challenged except for Papio South winning by five because they destroyed Creighton Prep. Um, so I think this is, yeah, this is a big game because this is a big indicator of what we'll see um, in Lincoln, presumably, uh, with these two teams. But one of the biggest events of the high school sports season is on Saturday as well. Tina Martinez, uh, as always, organizing it, head coach at GICC. The Heartland Hoops Classic returns on Saturday. Luke, you will be there. It's going to be a fun day. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's as many top matchups as it was last year. Last yeah. year was really good. Um, but I think there's still certainly a lot of things, uh, a lot of cool matchups that will happen. Yeah, state tournament teams, I think, from pretty much all the all the classes there from A to D. Um, so I'll, I'll be heading to the morning session um, expect Ashland Greenwood to roll pretty comfortably over Northwest there in the 8 a.m. game, which I get we got to get these games in, but, man, you know, I, I got to question how much energy <laughs> these guys are going to have at 8 a.m. I know I know, I need an energy drink or, or something to get me going that early, but I look at those other, those other three early morning games, Osceola, which is going to be a potential state tournament team there in D2, Donovan Trumbull, a, a great – C2 team as well, Milford and, and Humphrey Lindsay Holy Family, C1 contender against the yeah C2 favorite right there, and then Concordia against Aurora. Aurora kind of on the edge there in Class B, Concordia uh, solid state tournament favorite there in C1 as well. And then the you know the evening cap, obviously last year was was just ridiculous. You know, uh, 
Bellevue West and and everything that went on with that was a fantastic show. And I think it'll be it'll be great as well. You know, getting in some of those national programs as well gets that attention, that spotlight on Nebraska high school hoops, yep. and that's what I think this event does a great job every year, uh, showcasing some of the great talent. You know, not just from the metro, which is obviously a, a great consideration for the event to to get these smaller schools. You know, these teams that that are really having some of their best years, their their best senior classes come through. Playing a showcase like this, the players are going to remember that for a long time. Yeah, it's an awesome event. I went to a last year, and the 8 a.m. game is, whew, that's, that's really early. But it's an awesome experience. It's certainly something that if you are a high school basketball or high school sports fan in general, go and check it out. It's in Grand Island every year at the Heartland Events Center. First game is at 8 a.m. In the afternoon session, Elkhorn North at 345 takes on GICC. 5.30, Sunrise Christian, who was here last year, taking on Council Bluffs, Abraham Lincoln. 7.15, Link Academy from Missouri, taking on Wasatch Academy in Utah. And then the nightcap at 9 p.m., it's Omaha Westside taking on Grand Island. Isaac Trout taking on the number one team in Class A with the Islanders there. Luke, mentioned you'll be there Saturday, but where else can people spot you before we go away? Yeah, excited to see the, the Northeast-Millard-South battle. Uh, here on Thursday, and then definitely the the East Southwest boys matchup on Friday. Some big games for those those city teams. Yeah, most certainly. It's final stretch coming down here before yeah. we get to districts. It's a good time to be a high school basketball fan. And if you are, make sure to go out and check out PrepExtra.com. Latest ratings, features, recaps, everything you need to stay up to date on all the high school action around Nebraska. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's going to wrap it up from us, from Luke Mullen. I have been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. Now go out there and enjoy some basketball.